The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 457 for Sunday, July 7th, 2013. And welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Up, the show where you send in questions, you send in tips, and most weeks we answer your questions and share your tips. But this week, it's time for Cool Stuff Found. Here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairfield, Connecticut, where it looks like it's going to be a scorcher, Dave, this is John F. Braun. A scorcher! And it's already over 90 degrees, which uh, if, if it's that in the morning, then it can only get worse. Or it could rain like crazy and be down to 60 at night. Oh, oh, actually, yeah, that is a good prelude to a nice thunderstorm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we had, um, so I, 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 as I mentioned in last week's show, as soon as we finished recording and, and pushing the show out, I left with my family for uh, a week in Maine with more family. And uh, and we got back last night. So I have literally bookended my vacation with uh, with Mac Geek Cabs, which is which is the only way to do it. Uh, if you ask me, so uh, so it is good to be back. It's it's nice to nice to re-enter uh, the the world of the 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 working and also the world of the connected. Because in Booth Bay Harbor, Maine, AT and T service is one of those things that's uh, it's fleeting, but but makes per makes for a perfect vacation. So it's good stuff. But it was hot. We uh, it was cold at the beginning of the week. We had rain, but hot now. So, you know, it's only two hours away. It's not that far. Yeah, yeah I saw some uh, pictures on the lake and on the boat. I, I ate a lobster roll, John, and, and thought about taking a picture of it for you. But uh, but I ate it too quickly, so I did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but really, the, 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 to, to sort of loop in from our conversation from last week, it the, the name is all you need to know when making it. it you take lobster and a roll but that's it that's all you need lobster roll there you go that's what makes a lobster roll and butter yeah yeah Maybe yeah if you want to put butter on the bread sure yeah you don't need no, butter. I saw, it's, actually, it's, it's good lobster I, you don't need butter on it actually i saw one in in the local store and it was lobster salad so that they do quantify it you can tell when you look at it that it's what? lobster salad right you see all the mayonnaise you know, and stuff well, yeah, you see little little flecks of red, and then yes, <laughs> buried in <laughs> yes. We, we actually, when I was talking to the God, actually, I was talking to the family yesterday. Some I think do prefer lobster salad rolls, so I don't think they're true New Englanders. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's dive in here. Uh, Felix writes for Cool Stuff Found. He says, "Have you guys bench, mentioned know about or been notified of Magisto at Magisto.com? He says. It's really great. Uh, it cuts a selection of your videos into a finished edited movie. There's a free app for iPhone and Android, and you can also use the website, which is free. You just pay to download the videos, and they're they're relatively cheap, but you can still upload and share to YouTube for free. It says, of course, there are limitations. The movies it makes are about one minute long. You can't select key moments in the videos, but it really does a good job for quick and not-so-dirty finished video. There are video themes with music and video effects applied, or you can select your own movie, mu- music. He says it even ducks the music level when it detects dialogue. As a father, it is the best way to get a finished video of your weekend with your kids. 
So very cool stuff. It, you just, I mean, it, it's, it's for, it's, well, it's for dum-dums like us, John, right? You just take some video, you pump it into Magisto and it turns around a one minute short of your, uh, of your vacation. So there you go. Yeah. Magisto.com. Now, yeah. Now, along with that, you may have seen, though I haven't tried it yet. I think you did. I'm not sure if you have yet, but, um, uh, Instagram, uh, recently, I think introduced a, a video feature. Yeah, he did. Yeah, very similar to Vines in in that you you have what fifteen. I guess Instagram has fifteen seconds uh, of video that you can just post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Fun. All right, moving on, John. Yes. Okay. Juan writes. Uh, Let's see. He says, I constantly hear you folks talking about batteries and battery management, and I've taken your advice to, at heart to keep. Uh, bah, 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 bah. He says, uh, yeah, I do my best to keep the electrons flowing in my MacBook Pro all the time. My better half, however, doesn't buy it. She used to constantly leave, leave her laptop plugged in for days on end to make sure it gets charged, she would say. I finally decided to let technology worry about her battery for me and found this gem that he uh, that well, that is called by Belkin, the conserve socket energy saving outlet. Uh, he says, now I keep her charger plugged into that. And with a simple push of a button, her laptop gets three hours of charge or six or as little as 30 minutes and all takes care of itself. Yeah, it's a pretty cool little thing. Um, and of course, we will put a link to this in the show notes as well. But uh, it only runs the outlet for several hours. And then that's that. So, uh, pretty, that's, that's cool stuff. That's what we like. That's what we're here for. Two of them right off the bat. John, you found some uh, power related stuff. In fact, you found a lot of cool things in the last couple of weeks at these various shows that you went to during CE week. Oh yeah. 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 I should be getting a a windfall very soon. Stuff to play with. I'm looking here. I couldn't find a URL for this, but, um, so the first thing I want to mention, just because I have it right next to me here, I've mentioned it before, but I think it's something worth looking at because I do see these people at the shows and it's a cool product. It's a smart strip energy saving smart surge protector. And the nice thing about this, uh, well, as it implies that energy saves and what it does is that you have a main device plugged into one of the outlets that it looks at, for example, my computer, my Mac mini. And when it detects that it's not drawing uh, a certain level of power, It'll shut everything else plugged into it off. That's cool. So my case, duh, if the computer's, you know, going to sleep, then, well, you can probably cut power to the display and the soundboard and this and that. And I typically do when I when they put the machine to sleep, the, the, the strip is smart enough to say, okay, the power level is low enough where I know that he's he's walking away. So let's turn all these other things plugged into these outlets off. Okay, so I was gonna, I was gonna say, oh, dude, let's not have any repeats in the show. But I honestly, you may have talked about this in the past, but it's long enough ago that I've even forgotten about it. So I'm curious, does it have? Um, it just does it via power. It doesn't like watch a USB port or something as its as its uh, trigger. Is that right? Uh, there is another one. I gotta take it out of the box, but the, I, I do have another one that it has some sort of remote control. So I think you get an enhanced level. Of control over the products here. I'm trying to find their web page. I don't know. Huh. I don't know if I found the right place here. All right. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because I have one from. I have to look, uh, and I'll crawl under the desk quickly here and, and look. But um, I, I have one that that does exact or attempts to do exactly that, but it monitors a USB port. 
So it does not, it only shuts stuff down because the Mac keeps its USB ports alive, or at least my iMac does when it's asleep. It therefore keeps everything I have alive. Uh, so it only does it when things shut down, which is, you know, eh. so um, I would like one that, that goes on, on just power. So, so there you go. All right. What else you got? I'll have to find the link, but then I'll mention the new thing that I saw. And so they have two of this product, but the product is, and I should be getting one just to uh, play with here, but it's from Energizer. And it's, uh, they recently introduced a 180 watt cup inverter. 120 watt, you mean, right? No, no, no. I, I listed the wrong one. Oh, you listed it wrong in the in the thing. Okay, got it. Well, they have that. That's the existing product. The one that they introduced is now an, a 180 watt. Otherwise, the uh, the products are pretty much identical. Got it. The price, of course. But uh, so, what is this? You may ask. What's an inverter? Well, an inverter. Uh, what this does, an inverter will take a lower voltage, um, or it can. And what this one does is it it offers you. So it's for your car. You plug it in, and as the the name implies, it's cup shaped, so it'll fit in your cup holder. It's that size, so it's really small, or relatively small, because I've seen some of these things that are big and bulky. And then what it has is a number of USB ports, including enough juice, I think 2.1 amps, so you could charge an iPad or something. But then it also has a 120 volt plug. Oh, dude, I need to get. And that's what the inverter. And that's what the inverter does. So the inverter takes your uh, 12 volts, I think, in the car, and ups it to 120. And as the name implies, it, you know, you get up to 180 watts uh, of juice and it goes for about 35 bucks from what I that's it poking around online. Well, that was the other thing. I'm like, really? That's that's all it costs. Whoa. So it's not only small, but it's uh, it's relatively inexpensive. So, you know, the plus here is that, yeah, if you have some 120 volt stuff and you don't want to buy a, a you know slew of adapters for that stuff when you're on the road or in the car, then then this would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I found it at uh, at Amazon for uh, thirty five bucks with free shipping. So there you go. Wow, that's awesome, huh? Very cool. All right, what's next? What do you got? Or do I have some? I have something, don't I? I do. Uh, you go, and then yeah, we'll, we'll both. All right, sounds good. Uh, actually, the thing I want to talk about is our first sponsor for this show, which is Smile at smilesoftware.com. And, uh, and they uh, are the makers of a lot of fantastic software. And today I get to talk about one of my true favorites, which is Text Expander. Text Expander is uh, at its core a piece of software that lets you expand. Uh, you, well, it lets you type a small little snippet uh, that expands into or is replaced by a much larger portion of text. And it could be paragraphs of text. So you could have, let's say you're someone who uh, who does support emails, either for a living or perhaps for your relatives. And you have something that you a question that you keep getting asked over and over again and a response you keep giving over and over again. Well, the next time you give it, copy that. And in text expander, just choose make new snippet from clipboard and uh, and then it'll ask you, OK, well, what do you want to uh, you know call your little shortcut or what do you want to type as your shortcut? And I always start my shortcuts with the comma because it's very rare that I would type a comma followed by anything other than a space. So if it's, you know, how to reset your router, it might be comma uh, router reset. Right. And and so now that's my little snippet. And when I get the email from family that I know needs to be 
replied to with a reset your router. I just type comma reset router. And now, boom, there's, you know, three paragraphs worth of detailed instructions. You can have formatting in there. You can have all kinds of stuff. And it's right there. Obviously, you can use this for lots of purposes. I have my phone number uh, in there. And I have, you know, my cell phone and my office number. And it works great. I have my uh, physical address. In fact, John, as I mentioned in the past, I have your physical address in there because sometimes people ask me for yours. I know mine, but I just don't want to fat finger it. So that's why. And I don't want to waste the time typing it. So that's why I have mine in there. But uh, but I have yours because I can't remember it, although now I can. Uh, But uh, but I use it for that. You can also have fill in forms that uh, that when you type your little uh, shortcut it pastes some text in, but then asks you, okay, uh, you, and you and you can configure all this stuff. You know, what no, what do you want to insert here? For example, I have to, uh, in our chat room, I, at the end of each week, I put the time in for the next chat, just in case somebody happens to join the room in the interim, they'll see when the next one's coming. And so I have the form set, but I have it asked me the show number and also the day and or the date and and time of the show. And I fill in those three little things and boom, off it goes. So uh, so really handy stuff. The cool part is it's available for iOS as well. Now, uh, you can use it as a standalone app on iOS once you buy it and install it. And that works fine. But you can also use it as a part of other apps. They actually allow other and there's like a almost 200, I think 181 or something third party apps that use text expander and you can sync your snippets with your desktop Mac. So you can build all your snippets there if you want and sync them down to your iPhone and you're good to go. So, uh, so it's, it's awesome stuff. Go ahead and, and start at smilesoftware.com because that's where you can get a free trial of the Mac app. Uh, obviously the iOS app has to be purchased through the, um, the, the app store because that's how that works. But, uh, but you can get a free trial of the, the Mac app at smilesoftware.com. You can play with it. And then, uh, and then you know, off you go. And, uh, and it, you know, and, and then you're going to want to buy it. So it's 35 bucks or uh, 34.95 US. So uh, 35 bucks with, with, by, and you get to save a nickel. So text expander from smilesoftware.com. What do you got next, John, on our cool stuff found thing here? All right, I'll take a little. Uh, well, I'll dive into the uh, photo realm here. Yeah, let's go. Fo- let's go things. photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one here surprised me. So I was walking by, and and I walked by this one table, and I saw you know some digital cameras, and and they had a familiar looking logo, and I got closer, and I'm like Polaroid. I thought they went out of business, uh, and I think most of them, most of it has. But apparently uh, there was some sort of deal where apparently Vivitar, uh, Vivitar's parent company, bought an interest in Polaroid and they still offer some Polaroid cameras. And I saw one that looked really cool and especially for the price. So one style of camera that I like like is what a lot of people call a, a travel zoom or super zoom, I guess, or travel zoom. That has a high zoom factor, but it's not a DSLR uh, in that, you know, the lens you get is the lens you get. Sure. Um, uh, but this one uh, caught my eye and I picked it up and uh, I tried experimenting with it, but it's a 16 megapixel 21x optical zoom. Wow. Uh, camera. And I think right now it's on special. And this is what, what caught my attention here because I have a similar camera, but this one, uh, the, the, the retail is 179. Whoa. We, we, so, and that's on special, though. That's 100 bucks off of regular price, but 
still. Well, I went to their site and yeah, it's currently on special. So yeah, at least from them, you may be able to get it for less uh, from somewhere else. So, so huh. it, it, for for people like me that remember Polaroid being the people that that sold me a camera where I would take a picture and then it would print it out. These don't do that, or they do. No, no, these are these just are normal, just normal digital cameras. They're not trying to, to print anything. Okay. Wow. No, though I st- uh, though, you know, I have heard they, mumblings. They still and I have think, them. Well, I think it, it's either them or another party uh, has decided to, to, you know, keep the, uh, you know, quick exposure uh, that we all remember. Yeah, uh, no, alive. the Polaroid definitely does it. My, my kids talk about uh, how their friends have, you know, new Polaroid cameras, which is amazing to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so. All right, so that's a neat camera, and I think I may be able to get one to uh, play around with. Um, but my initial playing around with it, you know, taking pictures of people in the, the you know, the place where they held the show is, uh, yeah, it, it zoomed in 20 times. So, uh, you know, good for stalking and... Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I find these cameras are very good for nature shots uh, in the typically... Uh, you can't get too close to a lot of critters before they flee in terror. So having one of these is good for that. And then another product I saw, though, it... it I don't know if it's my thing, but but it is a new product, relatively new product from a uh, from the fro- folks at uh, iFi, and it's called the Moby. Uh, iFi makes SD cards for cameras, and what they do is that they have a little Wi-Fi radio in them, so they can beam the photos to uh, a number of different devices. And in the case of the Moby, as you may guess, Dave, so so this is a uh, the Moby is for mobile users. So I've uh, heard, really, I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious. To, so to really what more. it is, is that it's, uh, I think what they're doing here, though, though it doesn't match my work style, but if you use, if you have a iDevice that has, you know, enough memory for you to store photos uh, and you do your photo management on an iDevice, like an iPad or something, and the editing, and that's certainly feasible these days, then I think this is cool for you. So it's basically missing a few features that the full featured product has, which is basically it can beam the photos to your computer. So this will only beam the photos um, to your portable device, but it's priced accordingly. I think the eight gig one is 50 bucks. And when you uh, say portable device, you mean your iPhone or Android or whatever. Okay. Okay. Just trying to get, so, uh, so you save about 30 bucks, right? In price 20 or 30, I think it's 30, right? Versus the, the full Monty one. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but if all you want to do is beam to your iPhone, then that's all that matters. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, actually. Oh, look at this. So, all right. So they have an app store. Let, let me see. Okay. So it looks like it's also multi-platform. So app store, Google play and uh, Kindle fire. Apparently you get an, get an app for. Okay. So, uh, so again, if, if, if your, uh, photo workflow is just on a, uh, like a tablet, then, then this sounds like a. This is the product for you. Yeah, but but you could also it doesn't have to just be on a tablet because you can then, you know, with photo stream, especially, you know, you've got your photos coming from your camera to your iOS device instantly. Right. Uh, With this Moby thing for 50 bucks. Right. 50 bucks. I'll get that. Yeah. Yeah. 50 bucks. Uh, And then they and then from there, you beam them directly into iPhoto effectively via photo stream. And then you could do all your managing in, in iPhoto and all that good stuff. So uh, so it could, you know, it could really be your 
that that could be your conduit. That's not a oh, bad deal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and they show in here. So, so I got the chart. So basically, they show two features it doesn't do. So one, it does not support RAW. Okay. Which, uh, some serious photographers uh, are into that. Sure. But also, they're monster, typically monstrously huge files, which uh, you're probably not going to fit a lot of them on a you know relatively constrained device like a you know that maybe only has you know <laughs> under 100 gigs of RAM. But then the, the other thing in the chart it says works with your Windows or Mac computer is there's a little X there. So that's one thing it does not do. Got it. Right, right, of course, because it's the mobile version. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect but sense. Yeah, now well, they're still out there, and they, uh, and actually, yeah, my, uh, actually, the one that they had uh, had gotten for me uh, all of a sudden stopped not working, and I think they're going to help take care of that. Oh, okay. I miss it. It's nice. I, I like, uh, the, I always like the geotagging feature of it, mm. and that it push, and that it puts the photos right on your computer. Yeah, I found with with ours, I found that it was a major battery hog to have in the camera, uh, which makes sense because it's, you know, firing up a Wi-Fi circuit every time you take a picture, whether or not your phone is or, or computer is within range. Right. So I can. Oh, sure. And I think it's always in the background looking for, you know, someone to send the photos to. So, uh, yeah, yeah, well, it, it oh, not always, but but for I think. 30 seconds after every photo is taken it's looking it, it's you know it kind of opens itself up and then and then shuts down but still that's that's costly so if you if you have one use it only when you need to use it or want to use it all right uh are we are we finished with those uh we're, we're to bury now am i right uh sounds reasonable all right <laughs> okay fair enough uh so barry uh, writes, he says, uh, coolest camera app ever is the six, four. And this is for, uh, the iPhone and iPad. This is the, uh, the, the name of the app is six, four, five pro Mark two. And, uh, it is an, an app designed and it's four bucks in the iOS app store. And it does all kinds of, uh, crazy things, film modes to give you different types of film stock effects. um, photo filters backs for different formats, all kinds of great stuff. So, uh, so Barry says, this is, this is the one. So we will, uh, it says it takes the best iPhone photos he's ever seen. So we will, uh, we will put that in the show notes for you too, because that's what we do. Uh, thanks Barry. So, uh, John, I've had the opportunity, you know, I, I like it when my when my worlds collide. And when I say my worlds, I mean, you know, all the things that I'm interested in. So computers and uh, and and various tech devices, you know, gadgets are on one side of that. But music is is, you know, high on the uh, list on the other side and uh, and audio, I should say, in general. So podcasting was was obviously a a very um natural thing for for me to be interested in and my world's collided here because i get to use all my audio gear and all that stuff so uh mackie just came out with something that is one of the coolest toys i've gotten to play with in a long time and it is their dl1608 mixer uh now mixing boards uh they, they can be fun all by themselves because they're you know uh geeky things that allow you to control how things sound but uh, but the, what the DL1608 is, John, is instead of having, you know, m most mixing boards that, that you see, like the one that you have there, John, has uh, has faders and, and knobs and, and all sorts of things that you use to control 
uh, where the sound is routing and how it sounds and, and how loud it is and all that stuff, right? The DL1608 has almost none of that. It has 16 mic inputs, and then it has a slot to put your iPad in. And you slide your iPad in, and your iPad becomes the control surface. So already there's lots of stuff you can do because you're, it doesn't cost them anything to add stuff to the UI. You, uh, you just, it's just there because it's on your iPad. And, uh, and so, so that part's cool. Uh, and it, it's actually a great sounding mixer because you've got, um, you've got uh, 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 compressors and noise gates on every channel. And uh, and obviously that makes a huge difference in how you can affect the sound. But you also have level meters on every channel, which you don't typically get on uh, on a mixer, you know, like this. This mixer, the 16 channel version of this one uh, retails for a thousand bucks. You can usually find it for a little bit less than that. So uh, so it's cool. Uh, and and you can tweak all kinds of stuff and 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 get things set uh, and then once you get things set, you can save the mix. So if let's say I play in two different bands, uh, I can save the mix for one band and it pulls everything up, sets all the levels and channels. And I can even put each person's picture by each channel. So I know, you know, just by glancing at it, who's, who's on what microphone or whatever, that part's cool. Um, and then when I do a gig with another band, I can just recall the settings from that one. But, um, but when it gets really cool, John, is it's got an Ethernet port on the back of it. And if you plug in a router, a wireless router, you can now control the thing simultaneously by up to 10 wireless devices. So you could have somebody you could take, leave the mixer on stage and have somebody out in the crowd adjusting how the sound is in the crowd at, or moving around in the uh, in the venue, finding different spots where maybe things need to be tweaked a little bit. But it also lets people on stage adjust their own individual monitor mixes. So you get all this control in something that really doesn't cost all that much. Uh, and it, it's it's like I said, it, it's it's the kind of thing where my worlds have collided. And uh, and it's absolutely perfect. It's uh, and it works with uh, any 30 pin connector. Well, it works with any I, uh, iPad uh, in order to slide an iPad into it. It has to be the 30 pin connector variety, John. But uh, but. You can it wirelessly. You can use any iPad, and I think any iPhone uh, four or greater, and then any iPod Touch fourth gen or or newer. So, uh, and the apps are free in the App Store. And if you want to play with it, you can go download the Master Fader app for the iPad or the My Fader app for uh, for the iPhone. And you don't even need the mixer. You can just sort of play with it and see what the the interface looks like. So. Uh, so it's cool stuff, but I have I have my old iPod iPad one, the fir- very first generation iPad, slid into this thing, and it works totally fine. It um, and I've I've done shows with it, I've I've tested it, it's awesome. So we're going to be doing a little bit more with Mackie because it's because you know they 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 sit where our worlds collide here. In fact, we're running this show through a uh, Mackie mixer. We have the Onyx uh, twelve twenty, is what uh, what this show has been running through for uh, seven years, I think, almost eight. It's cool stuff, John. Did you check out any of the videos during the uh, while we were, you know, prepping the shows and all that good stuff? No, but I'm looking at the site and it's uh, yeah, it's interesting how they, uh, you know, let you dock your uh, iPad to then provide the uh, UI. Yeah, 
That's yeah, right, right, exactly. And it looks like they have an eight-channel version as well. Mm-hmm. If you have more modest needs, because yeah, I looked at the sixteen, and it looks like it goes for about a grand. So right. I guess right. in the grand scheme of things, that's, uh, well, I guess there are more expensive <laughs> devices that do this. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for a um, for a, a working band that needs a mixer it, for a thousand bucks, I mean, it's a thousand bucks plus the price of an iPad. So, you know, bear that in mind. But uh, but you can use the original iPad with it. So you can probably find one of those used pretty cheap. Um but it's got, uh, you know, 16 inputs, all mic inputs or and I think six of them are combo inputs. So you can put quarter inch cables in and then it's got obviously left and right uh, main outputs and six aux outputs for monitors. Uh, and that doesn't include effects because it's got onboard effects for reverb and delay. So it's really built for the, you know, the the kind of the gigging band uh, concept. And it's awesome. I mean, it really, really works well. The, being able to save the settings and all that stuff, it just it's so, so huge. And it's features that are only available in, you know, previously only available in much higher end mixers. So, uh, so yeah, it's cool stuff. But yeah, the 806, I don't think the 806 is that much cheaper, right? I, um, did you look up the price on that? I had it in my head and then lost it. But I think the 806 is, again, list, the the 16 channel version is 999 the Eight channel version is seven ninety nine. I think you can safely probably drop a hundred bucks from each of those if you hunt well out there. But um, but you know, there you go. It's good stuff, fun. Uh, Chris, I hear something. Chris Humphreys in the chat room asked if they are pre or post uh, mix. You can uh, the and what that means is are the auxiliary channels the outputs affected by the way you have the main mix set up or not. And the answer is either you get to set them uh, per auxiliary output. You can you can set one to be post and one pre or, you know, three of them post and three of them pre or whatever you want. So, yeah, it's totally configurable. The only uh, the only it, it really is like nearly perfect. The only thing that is a little bit uh, frustrating, I'll say is that the gain controls. So when a mic, when you plug a microphone into a mixer, you plug the mic in and the first thing you do is set the gain level uh, so that you're letting enough of the signal in to fill the channel, but not too much that it's distorting and the gain control, the, the gain controls are analog and they are the only thing that's analog. Everything else is digital and controlled by the iPad, but the gain controls are, are knobs and that was totally done from a cost standpoint. It would be ridiculously expensive to add, um, to add gain controls. Now there are those out there that may say, yeah, put them in, put in digital gain controls so I can have it on the iPad and I'll pay for it. But, uh, but, but that's not the choice they made. So, and uh, again, as Chris Humphreys points out, you can then record uh, whatever is coming through the mixer uh, to, to track to it, you know, left and right stereo mix on the iPad that's plugged in, which is also cool. So yeah, it's good stuff. It's cool stuff found. It's how it works, John. And here's an accidental cool stuff found because I was looking for pricing on the DL806. So I went to Safari, which of course now you can just type a search term into the uh, bar at the top. Yes. Or the input field, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I typed in DL806. So it did match on the Mackie and showed me the pricing. But then below it, it showed me the flight status for Delta Airlines Flight 806. Yep. Which if you must know... 
uh, came from SLC or uh, Salt Lake City and just landed in Minneapolis. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, I didn't that's expect actually- that at all. It's like, oh, I, I know what this could be. So let, let me show you. Uh, let me show you some flights that I know about here. That's yep. neat. I, I hadn't seen that happen before. Yeah. And that's it's handy. You know, them, those Google people, they're uh, they're smart. They make us not want to leave Google, even though Google search page is intended to have us leave. Uh, but it's yeah. Handy stuff. Handy, handy. Um, all right. Where are we here, John? Where are we in the in the general flow of things? You know what I want to do? I want to talk about our second sponsor, which is a new sponsor to uh, Mac Geek Cab, but their product is not something new. And uh, and that is uh, Busy Mac, the makers of Busy Cal, which is my personal favorite calendar program. I've been using it since long before they became a sponsor because they just became a sponsor. Now, Busy Cal, uh, they started out by calling it iCal Pro. Now, of course, iCal has been replaced by calendar. But uh, but that that moniker still holds true. It is uh, if, if iCal doesn't serve your needs uh, or or you just need more uh, busy Cal is absolutely the way to go. And I'll, I'll mention this again, but right now I want to make sure you know that for the entire month of July, busy Cal two is on sale in the Mac app store for 1999. Normally it's 2999. So 1999, um, some of the cool things about it. And there's so many cool things about busy Cal. It's just a better calendar program. I mean, let's, let's just get that out of the way. It's way, way better than what Apple offers. But, uh, it works with all of the um, Apple calendars on OS 10 and, and, you know, iOS and that it syncs with iCloud. You can have it connect. And, and, and I would recommend that you do have it connect directly to your iCloud calendar. You can have it also connect directly to your Google calendar and mix and match those. Um, any events that you enter in there are synced with, you know, those cloud calendars and therefore then sync down to your devices and all of that stuff. So, you, you could try BusyCal, uh, and if you go to BusyMac.com, you can do that, and, and you can try it without getting locked in. So, you know, if, it, because you're, you're, you're not nece- you don't have to store your data only locally. It will store a copy locally because, obviously, that makes things way more efficient. But because it syncs with the cloud, you could, you know, you could leave at any time, uh, but I don't think you'd want to. They, uh, they do not currently have exchange support in BusyCal 2, but they tell me that it's okay to tell you this. A public beta is coming this month uh, that will be a free upgrade for all 2.0 customers uh, that, uh, that will have exchange support. So that and, uh, and typically when these guys go beta, it's pretty darn close to release. So uh, because they're telling me it's okay to tell you this, I'm, I'm thinking that means uh, good things for those of you that want exchange support. Custom views are out there. You get to tweak the way things look. You can set up different calendar sets. So if, you know, during the day you want to see your work calendar, but don't want to have your home schedule cluttering it because you don't, you know, on this particular day, it doesn't matter uh, what the, where the kids are with their classes. You can have a work only thing and it sets only those calendars. And then, you know, when you want to see everything, you set up another set and you can just bounce back and forth. So you're not clicking and turning on individual calendars, although you can do that too. Uh, you can set these, what they call calendar sets. And, and then you just, you know, pop back and forth between them. So really cool stuff. 
It manages your to-dos, and to me, it manages your to-dos in a way that makes sense. You can set them on dates. You can drag them around in the calendar. When you mark a to-do as complete, you can have it show up on that day, even in month view. It just, to me, makes sense and works the way a to-do system should. Uh, it's just simp- a simple to-do system should. It's, you know, if you want something really complex um, for to-dos, that, that, that's Frankly, that's not what I would want, but I know a lot of people want it. But for BusyCal, it's just simple to-dos right there inside your calendar. You don't have to go to a different app or anything like that. Um, you can you can set custom snoozes on your alarms. It's just, it, it's got so much stuff going on. And one of the coolest things, John, is you can have it track uh, not only the weather, but uh, the moon phase and... Uh, and so you can have the, the moon phase show up on your right there on your calendar, which I really like. And the, and the other cool thing, um, it tracks the, the beginning and end of the day by looking at your location and seeing when the sunrise and sunset is. And so if you scroll through, you know, by week uh, very, very quickly, you can actually see the, you know, the sunrise and sunset changing as you, as you scroll through the year. So it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a subtle thing if you're doing it day by day, but, uh, but handy because you just get a, at a glimpse view of when the sun is rising and setting. Again, this is busy Cal from busy Macking visit at busy And, uh, for the entire month of July. So you have time to test it out because today's only July 7th. Uh, the entire month of July, it's 10 bucks off. It's only nineteen ninety nine at the Mac app store. Um, so go check it out and then make sure you buy it before the end of July, because that does expire on July 31st. Busy Cal from busy And that's how it goes, John. That's how it goes. What do we got next? Is it time for uh uh, you got one for us from, from listener Michael, I believe. Yeah, where is that? All right, well, I'll answer a question because uh, Chris Humphreys in the chat room asked, and I'll say hi to everybody in the chat room at uh, MacGeekUp.com slash stream. Chris Humphreys asked, does BusyCal do natural language event creation from the menu bar like Fantastical? I know it does it inside the app. Um so I'm guessing that, yes, it also does it from the menu bar, but you can definitely do it inside the app where you type, uh, you know, lunch with John on Tuesday at 1230 and boom, it creates the event and, and puts it right there in the uh, in the calendar. So it's uh, that, that and that's a handy thing. I, I honestly forget to use that uh, as, as often as I should because I been using calendars for too long and I'm ingrained in my ways, but when I do use it, it's really handy. So, so there you go. Thanks for asking, Chris. Did you find what you're looking for, John? Yes, I did. All right. <laughs> Song lyrics almost. All right. So from Michael, uh, I don't remember if you got this ready, but it's worth it. Excellent. Let's say you're doing a huge R sync or something else that'll take hours, or maybe you need to log into it or virtual partition while you're away but you want to close your laptop because it's safer that way enter no sleep it's shareware available on code.google.com and adds a menu bar widget give it a click and close the lid and your mac will stay running just be careful to leave it somewhere where it gets good ventilation it will stay nice and warm wow that's pretty cool 
And it shows on the page that it's even been already been updated to be compatible with Mavericks. So, uh, so that, which is nice to see for, uh, you know, free thing through released through the Google code repository. Wow. That's cool stuff, man. I, I mean, I get that's why you mentioned it because you know, cool stuff out. Have you tested it? No. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I will remind everyone that Apple does, uh, officially support what they K what they call, uh, clamshell mode, I think essentially lid closed mode. So this isn't doing anything that Apple would not let happen. Otherwise, the only difference is that in order for your MacBook to automatically stay running with the lid closed, you have to have an external monitor plugged in and you have to wake it up with the lid closed because otherwise closing the lid, even with the monitor would, would shut it down. But this is an officially supported uh, thing to have your computer running with the lid closed. But as Michael points out, John, I, I would agree. Don't, you know, pack it in styrofoam and uh, put it under your pillow uh, while it's running this way. I'd leave it good, good ventilated, good ventilated. That's not English. Well ventilated. Ventilated goodly. <laughs> ventilated goodly. There it is. <laughs> cool. All right. What else you got for us, man? Some more stuff you uh, found at one of your, uh, one of your events. Yeah, I'll go through this quickly. So this was the cool. next event, which was this. This was the, the gadget slash engadget event, I think, where I saw some of these people. So Carbonite was there, and they, uh, they have something that I think is in beta right now, and it's called Currents. And I think what it really is is uh, it looks to me to be kind of a versioning or maybe a synchronization, I think, a synchronization feature for their product. Cool. So, so there's a beta site where they, I think, float float out some other things here. But uh, yeah, yeah, they wanted me to mention that. So they're uh, they're adding new features. These guys who make the backup services and all the sync services keep tweaking their offerings. So that was uh, interesting to see. Um, here's something I found. So so a lot of people are getting excited about different types of watches, like the Pebble. I think you have one of those, Dave. And I then, do. You know, Apple filed for iWatch in Japan. I think I heard that story. So. Uh, so there are some cool things happening in the watch world here. And uh, so I saw these guys and they're taking a, a slightly different approach here. Um, and it's called the Cuckoo Watch. <laughs> C-O-O-K-O-O. Uh, and I think they're deviating a bit in that it does have some... Their approach is that it, I think it's primarily a mechanical watch. But okay. it does have connectivity and uh, alerting features. So I, think it, I don't think it's as full-featured. But the benefit is that so one, you get, you know, if you like a mechanical watch, then, uh, then you get this. Uh, but also, it, it doesn't require, and I think this is the downside of some of the other watches, is that it doesn't require constant charging. Is that it, Like a lot of other watches, it uh, you know, runs off of a, a battery. So uh, Oh, I actually... You, really? It doesn't. So we see it here. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it. That's cool. I would imagine it would need uh, um, how really no charging. Wow. I believe it. Yeah, just you're right. It uses a CR2032 battery. Huh. Now, I think the reason and actually I, I can toss in another product here that I just saw here. So I think the reason for this uh, now, this will only work with certain class of devices, and I found this out. So it basically mentions here, well, how can we do this? And what they're using 
is something called a Bluetooth 4OLE, which I think is low energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there are a number of things out there. Uh, I'll mention another one shortly, but the key here, and, and actually I found this out recently when I was given a, uh, something to review, is that the software would not install on my iPhone 4 because the right. iPhone 4 does not support this special the Bluetooth four, mode. The 4S was the S. first, right? Yeah, okay. Right, and the 5, so... Right, right, Yeah, right. and then I asked people, well, I'm like, what's the difference between the 4 and the 4S? Why won't it run on my... You know, because I think, other than that, I, I don't think there are, you know, a lot of big differences. Well, the retina, as as, retina screen being one of them. Yeah, but I got that on the 4. You do? Yes. Oh. Yeah. What was yeah, that? I got the first. I got the first uh, uh, iPhone four when when they started offering to Verizon. And actually, now that I look, I am off contract. So I wait, what's that the I'm, what's the difference? Is the the four S has the dual core processor and the four does not? Is that right? I know there's a a major difference, um, and I had it in my head that it was that it was Retina, but you're you're pointing out that it's not. So it's been too long. The 4S yeah. does Siri, as someone in the chat room is pointing out, but I thought the CPU was 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 different, too. I mean, obviously, the Bluetooth chip is, but go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fine. All right. So I saw this watch and I think the, the pricing, I think it's uh, was it 129, I think. So, uh, yeah, 129. So uh, not too bad for uh, some if you want something a little different in a, in a, a watch that does smart things. Um, and actually that leads me to something here I have in front of me and let, let me get the page for this here because it is a similar device and that it uses the, and actually I didn't notice this, this is the one I talked about when I grabbed it or was given it, it says for iPhone 4S and above and I'm like, oh man. Yeah, the four, the 4S has the dual core processor and, and is notably fat. I knew, I knew there was a, a big difference there because my son has the 4 and my wife has the 4S and it's like night and day. You don't want to use the 4, you want to, you know, it, between the two of them, it's like, oh, yeah, give me the 4S. The, the, the 4 is too slow. Ah, here it is. Okay, iFi Smart Tag. And I've seen a few things. This is the first one that I've seen here. Yep. I'll put it in the room here. So it's a smart tag. Well, what is the purpose of this tag here? It's meant to go off when it gets out of range of you, supposedly with ah, your phone. Yeah, sure. And it uses this Bluetooth technology, and when it gets too far away, I think either the device itself will start making a noise, or I think it, it will. Uh, the app could also uh, alert you. But it uses this uh, Bluetooth for low energy technology. Okay. And I don't have that, so until I buy a new toy. Right, 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 right. It's kind of neat here, and I think it's a uh, yeah. This particular one is uh, thirty bucks a pop, so. Wait, the watch is thirty bucks a pop? What are no, we talking no, about? No, the watch is one. The watch is one twenty nine. Okay. What I was just talking about. I'm sorry. Is the iFi system? Oh, that thing. The, tag. Yeah, the tag. Okay, sorry. iFi Smart Tag is thirty. I'm, try, bucks. I'm trying yeah. to keep up. I'll I'll, I'll do better. <laughs> yeah, I shifted gears there. That's okay. No, it's good. The, 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 these cool stuff found shows move move quickly. Uh, I do want to jump back to the watch because uh, somebody in the chat room is asking how good is the Pebble battery life compared to the. Um, the 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 cuckoo watch well i mean the cuckoo watch i'm assuming it's going to run for at least a year if if they're doing uh just a standard battery in it because otherwise it would drive you crazy um uh the pebble i have to recharge probably once a week i mean it's not terrible but it it definitely needs to be recharged 
And, and one point of, uh, of clarification, when we talked about the pebble initially, um, we said that it was e paper and it's not, um, it is the pebble is e ink or is it the other way around? Um, I'm trying to remember, which is the, the pep, the pebble is it, it is, um, it's just a, a, a low power LCD display is, is what it is. It's not, it's not, it may not be either e-paper or e-ink. It's, it's not like the, um, the, the original Kindle or anything where it sets the display and, and uses the twisting balls of white and black and all that stuff. It's just a, a low power, uh, uh, grayscale LCD display is what the pebble is. So, so there you go. But yeah, battery lasts about a week. Okay. Yeah. Now the last gizmo, and then we'll, we'll move on, I guess, to you here. But the last thing that I saw at this uh, Gadget Live show, uh, Player. What's a Player? Player. Yeah. There's what it is. At first, yeah, I'm looking, and I'm like, well, what, what is it? The name doesn't speak to me. <laughs> it looks like a shoehorn. It does. So I had an interesting industrial design here. But what it basically is, is a tiny little computer that combined with an application. So, so what you do is you attach it to your uh, uh, TV through, uh, sure, it's HDMI. Yes. No, it's, I think so, it's USB, right? No, it's HDMI. Okay. So plug. Okay. And so here are the steps. So you plug it into your TV, uh, but then it's also a Wi-Fi device. I think it's what, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Wi-Fi and not uh, Bluetooth. It's Wi-Fi. But basically what happens is if you find a video um, online and you would like to play it on your TV. Uh, basically what happens is that you, you initiate this uh, with their software and then it hands the process over to the device that's attached to your TV. Okay. So not uh, obviously single function device, but not dissimilar to the way the Apple TV works it, it for this particular purpose with Apple uh, devices. Right, because you can just beam videos to your TV's HDMI port via the Apple TV. I mean, you can do a lot more with the Apple TV too, but but uh, but similar. How much does this thing cost? Uh, Ninety nine bucks. So so why the heck would you buy this and not an Apple TV if you have Apple devices in your house? Well, I think it has. Uh, I think it w- it would be that their app. So so you can take I think a video from from many different sources. Yeah, but they, I can and then I, redirect I mean, it to this device. Like, say you find a YouTube video or something and you want to play it. You need to get an Apple TV. So um, because it's the coolest thing in the world, uh, because <laughs> with, no, because you, you uh, what you would do is when you play a YouTube video on your phone, if you're connected to a Wi-Fi network that has an Apple TV uh, available to you, you get a little um Anytime you play any video on your phone, I should say, and YouTube is included in this, you get one of those little uh, things like you get if you're in your car with a Bluetooth headset to set where the the audio is going with the with the Bluetooth stuff. This allows you to set where the video is going so uh, you can beam from the YouTube app straight to your Apple TV and it works flawlessly. It's it's actually quite brilliant. And you can get an Apple TV, I think, for seventy nine bucks in the in the refurb store. It's totally worth it. Mm. Yeah. So I'm interested. I, I'm I'm curious why. What what's the? Well, their selling point here. So if you go to their webpage, they basically say, "Oh, here are all these TV shows that offer streaming versions." Okay. Uh, you know, and here's here's a bunch of different shows. They show The Big Bang Theory and Grey's Anatomy and Saturday Night Live and all that. 
fringe. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. They are still st- streaming that, but uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But no, so it's a, and actually the reviews say, yeah, so it's, it's a, it's a airplay like. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So perhaps uh, maybe it cannot do anything that the Apple TV uh, cannot do. Right. But, but if you have an Android phone, then Apple TV is useless to you. Mm. Right. Because you can't, you know, it's only works with Apple devices. So, yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, yeah. But I thought for the money and for, for what it does. Yeah. I mean, it has a very specific purpose and yeah, the, the other devices may do it, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if this is all you want to do is, you know, play your shows from the web on your TV, you just plug this in and, uh, yeah, but get an Apple TV instead. Cause chances are you're using Apple devices. You, you really, you, you would, I, I, so I'll give you my pitch again for the Apple TV up until December. I didn't have one. Right. And, and they've been through three versions. I tested one of the very early ones and it was like, uh, yeah, but I have TiVo. I don't need this. Um, this particular functionality of the Apple TV has been absolutely fantastic for us because we can be sitting on the couch and think exactly this, you know, oh, the, there was this cool YouTube video I saw. And then you just hit play and, you know, magically it throws it up on the TV and there it is. And uh, and you're controlling it from your iPhone. So you get all the, you know, all that stuff for 80 bucks. You know, just watch the refurb store and buy it when uh, you, you really you would love one, John. Uh, we, we got one at Christmas and, and it's been huh. it, it really yeah, actually, it, I'm looking now and it seems to be, yeah, uh, 99 bucks regular price. It's smaller. I know now because, yeah, it's basically a streaming device. It doesn't do any storage. It right? does some storage, but not in a controllable way. Um, it, it will cache things, but it will cache them for days. Like if I go to play a, a movie or a TV show, um, and then come, you know, watch half of it or something and come back the next day, it doesn't have to re download it. It, you know, it shows the bar as full when I, when I go to play it. So it's, it's doing some local caching, but, but right. It's not a storage device like it used to be. Yeah. Eight gig flash on board. I'm told Chris Humphreys is rocking it with the, uh, staying up to date on or keeping us up to date on all this stuff. Chief researcher today, Chris Humphreys. It's awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you get, get yourself an Apple TV. It's, it's, you'll, you'll, you'll be blown away but by, by how much you don't have to think about it and you just use it. It's great for streaming TV and you know, all that good stuff. We love it. All right. Paul. Paul says, uh, I came across a really good VPN solution called Pro XPN recently. Not sure if you featured it on the show. Really easy to set it up, and there's a free and pro account. The pro account is less than 10 bucks a month. He said he heard it on about it on the Security Now podcast, and they have a coupon code to get you 20% off, which is SN20. So, uh, yeah, Pro XPN. It, you know, with all the privacy stuff that we've been talking about, um, Having some kind of VPN to connect yourself to when you need to do some, at the very least, when you need to do some some secure browsing from a private uh, or from a public hotspot, is uh, is awesome. And it it you know I have one that as I mentioned I have set up through my router so it doesn't cost me anything, but uh, uh, and, and and anybody can do it if you have a router that supports this DDWRT software, but. Uh, but it's great to have something. And so if you don't have a, a way of doing it yourself, 
something like Pro XPN. Good stuff. Thanks, Paul. You have a, you have you have, you don't have a VPN set up at home yet, do you, John? Mm, no. But you will soon, or you will you will be able to soon, you know, because you have your uh, your Synology disk station en route, and that you can you can turn on their VPN, and, and then all you do is forward a port from your router to it, and it will be your VPN server. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I dabbled a bit with uh, back to my Mac, which I think is VPN-like, or it uses components that uh, are also part of VPNing. Yeah, but you can't. At least I remember when I, at least I remember when I ran it, it would run things. Like, yeah, it would run some programs which uh, had the word VPN in them. But, yep. uh, um, yeah, I know it's not a full VPN solution, but it was you know for remote access of a machine or or files. Um, Right. If you need to get back into your network, with it. back to my yeah. Mac sort of works. I mean, it doesn't work with iOS, which is totally stupid. If you ask me, I, I don't, I don't get why that is. It, it seems obvious to me. We have all these mobile devices. Why doesn't back to my Mac work with, with them? But, um, but yeah, no, using a VPN to secure or mask or, or yeah, securely tunnel your browsing from when you're on a public network that, Back to my Mac obviously won't do. Um, so. no, actually, I should fire that up. I, I've been, um, we've had some VPN or, or uh, OS X server VPN questions as of mm-hmm. late. And I actually have gone through the, the, the motions of setting it up. And, uh, and it's nice because if it's an Apple router, uh, it'll automatically uh, create the, uh, the mappings that you need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I remember this- that when I was setting it up, it's like, oh, by the way, you, you want me to, to, you know, fiddle with your, uh, your airport here to, uh, so, so you can actually get into this VPN that you're creating. And it's like, oh yeah. That's yeah hey, nice. good idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. And, and do you, so you don't use cloak. I remember you, you talked about him and loved him when we were at Macworld. Um, because get cloak, I think get cloak.com, right. Um, is another like yeah, super think, easy to use VPN. For both yeah, iOS I think what, and I think, Mac, I think what I had ran out. Ah, okay, yeah. Well, I think they they you know they started off beta and then they went commercial and yep. uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I uh, uh, threw any money in the pot. Got so. it, got it. Yeah, but I think that, they 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 created, but but they did create because uh, I think their model is is more more a subscription model. But I think they have it where you can do a, a short term, like you know, one month. Yeah, 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 something. yeah. I remember, I remember that was the the thing because I really you know don't have that frequent a need for VPN. Right. Right. Well, uh, I interviewed Dave Peck, one of the founders of, of cloak uh, last month at WWDC. It was an interesting interview how they, it was really just three of them that all wound up working in the same coffee shop on different projects together. And they were working for, uh, they were doing a lot of client work. Each of them was. And so they were both or all three of them constantly using different VPN solutions and sort of jumping around and having to, learn how to do it and jump through all the hoops so that they could be in a Starbucks, but still securely work on their client stuff. And so that was where they uh, came up with the idea for somebody needs to make this easier and they did it. So it's cool stuff. We'll put the link to that interview in the show notes too. It was a, Dave was a, a fun guy. Crazy, but that's good. Yeah. So what do they have here? Oh, well that's nice. Okay. I'll have to look at them again. So yeah, they're all per month plans yeah. here. Yeah. They have a mini plan, five gigs of data for one ninety nine. Okay, I think I could even I could afford that. <laughs> Two, that's it. Two bucks a month. Is that right? That's awesome for five gigs of data. That's all you need. I mean, how much? You know, 
You, you don't use five gigs of data on your cell phone. So, you know, if, if what you're doing is rarely, is, rarely. Yeah. 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 And then huh. they have two other ones. Okay. No, they respond because yeah, initially I think they only had the, you know, like a 15 buck a month plan. And I'm like, well, you know, that's a bit much, you know, for the, the, the amount that I use it. Sure. But uh, one ninety nine for five gigs of data, yeah, that's perfect for that's casual users like me. Who every now and then, you know, you're in a coffee shop or yeah. McDonald's or whatever with the the free Wi Fi, but it's unsecure. Huh? Smart. I like it. All right. Uh, you know, my brother uh, pointed out to me a thing recently called the. He wanted to download videos from YouTube, and uh, and the problem is there are so many. Uh, websites out there that seem to offer software to do this, but it it's for whatever reason falls into the realm of, of a lot of this spamware and stuff. But he found one that, that actually works from MacXDVD.com, uh, And we'll again, put a link in the show notes to their free YouTube video downloader. And it manages the whole process for you. It is something that you can do with just your browser, but it turns into a real nightmare to, uh, to do so. So, uh, so he says this one works. Their website, it's from DigiArty. So, you, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've worked with these people before and, and talked about some of their other products. So, um, so there you go. So thanks, Matt. Appreciate the, uh, the, the contribution. You want to talk about this next one, John, or you want me to take it? I want to mention, let me see. All right, so I found another thing here, which seems to be pretty uh, reliable. Also, for doing the YouTube thing, it's a, uh, a Safari extension. Okay. And it's called YouTube 5. Because I think what that'll also do is, uh, is uh, when it sees a YouTube video, it also gives you a number of different uh, options for saving it. Uh, the title of it says Unified HTML5 Video Player. But the end result is if you get a, a YouTube video, uh, it'll offer you choices to, to actually save it. If you if you hover over, it'll say like you know two forty FLV and you know a couple uh-huh. of different formats that it can transcode it to. Sure, which is nice because yeah, typically you can't just click on the video and download it. Right, they don't like you doing that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean you gotta you can jump through hoops to do it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and who was it? Tycho in the chat room says uh, suggested a website called SaveVideo.me. And you put in the URL of the YouTube video that you want to download and click download and boom, down it comes. So, uh, so you don't even need to install anything. So there you go. Three ways of doing it. Six of one, half a dozen of the other, a third of that divided by two. How you doing? Michael has a, uh, has a suggestion and, uh, and his suggestion that I will get to, he says, I'm a new podcast listener. Uh, not sure if this tool has been mentioned before, but geek tool from tinso.org is pretty cool. And I think I just broke my own rule too by, uh, by mentioning something that I think we must have mentioned this before, but we're here. It says, I've been using it for a few years, a few years, and it allows me to take some of the info that shows up in the activity monitor and have it display on the desktop. It is a cool tool. You have to be an information junkie and either embracing your ADD or not, not suffering from it because it's a lot of info all the time, but it actually replaces or enhances your desktop, i.e. the background of the finder with all kinds of stuff. You can have a terminal session open uh, there. You can have your calendar again, like he says, you can have data from activity monitor. You know, you can do all kinds of stuff. And, uh, 
And he says, uh, my use is pretty u- rudimentary, but there are lots of very cool setups out there on the web. And he linked us to a, uh, to a website that just shows some, some screenshots of, of this, but, uh, but it's, it's cool. So check it out. Geek tool. Uh, if you're a geek, maybe you want it. Cool stuff found. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. Even if we have mentioned it before, it's good stuff. So what do we got, John? Let's see. Uh, yeah, let's see. Where are we here? We go to Jason. Mm, yeah. All right. Right. Sure. Because you're not ready to talk about the uh, Synology unit that you haven't gotten yet. So we can skip that. Um, what am I looking for, Jason? Uh, I'll find it. We'll get there. No, maybe we won't go to Jason because I can't find it in here. Oh, I see. I I don't have to find it. Jason suggested, uh, I think he suggested this uh, to us via Twitter. Uh, Cloud Magic is a piece of software uh, that allows you to find anything in your Dropbox, Box.net, Google Drive, Gmail, Evernote, Yahoo, AOL. It searches everything and uh, and finds your data. So if you have your data spread through uh, a, a host of cloud services, cloud magic is the magic, um, the magic tool to find all of your things. It says uh, one search box for everything and it works on all your devices. You know, you can put it in your browser or uh, iOS. So cool. Thank you, Jason. That's uh, that's handy stuff. That's what we're out. That's what we're all about here. Uh, you want to talk about the uh, the 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 case thing that you found, John? Yes. So, which was this? This was the CEA show the next week. So okay. Uh, and one area or, or one vendor that I recognize because I have some other stuff. Um, Olo Clip. Um, and as you know, but if you don't, they make a lens adapter that uh, gives your. Uh, iPhone, I think only iPhone, yes, iPhone 5 and 4, 4S, uh, different lenses. There's a, a macro lens, a wide angle, and a fisheye. Uh, but I, what I didn't know, and they made me aware of this because as I was, you know, because actually when I came up to the booth here, I, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I could, and I actually, you know, carried around with me. Um, and then I was, you know, then you know, we're just chit-chatting and, uh, and they noticed that my, my case looked kind of beat up here and they're like, Oh, you know, we make a case. I'm like, really? So they hooked me up with one, but it's the Olo clip quick flip case. And what I like about this, so the, the, so it, it's really two parts here. So the one part that's pretty darn clever, well, it's a, so it's a hard case, but they have a, a part of the case that actually swivels and it cut, it's over the lens. The Olo clip actually clips onto the phone here. So, but normally, uh, the case fully encloses your phone. But when you want to use the Olo clip, you 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 basically lift up a corner of the case, and there's a little hinge, and then it flips to expose that corner of the phone, so you can put the clip on there. But here's the cool part, Dave, which you probably noticed because I think you have one too, is that when you flip it, it puts it in a position where now that part of the case acts as a shutter, because what it does is it actually is pressing down on the plus button. Ah, that's cool. On the iPhone, which uh, if you don't know, but now you do, if you're in the camera app and you press the plus button on your phone, that snaps a picture. And I think someone told me that also if you have 
a set of headphones with certain controls on them that will also ask, act as a, a remote shutter. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's cool. I don't have, I only have regular headphones. I don't have ones that have a, a control on them, so I, I wasn't able to confirm that, but I'm oh, pretty okay. sure. Same sort of thing. And then they also include with it uh, a pro photo adapter, which basically lets you attach. Uh, so you put this uh, on top of the case, and then this basically provides you with a tripod mount for your uh, for your iPhone. So, and uh, and that goes for uh, fifty bucks. So, if you use the Olo Clip or uh, you need to use a tripod, then this looks like a, a nice case. And uh, uh, all I can say is that they are coming out with something. You can you can they're, say they're working more than on that. something new. You can say more than that, or at least Mashable did about two days ago. Uh, talks about Olo Clip's new telephoto lens attachment, and they've got pictures and everything right up there. On, oh. Uh, Unmashable. I don't know if they're supposed to talk about it, but since they talked about it uh, and well, basically the person I spoke to demonstrated the product to me and, oh, okay. and they said, well, can I talk about this? And they're like, well, it's not. I, I got the feeling that it was something I shouldn't explicitly talk about. But seeing as these other guys they, broke it open. Yeah. So yeah. the thing is that the, the type of, you know, and it's not too hard. To, I mean, the thing is, what type of lens don't they offer? Well, they don't currently offer a telephoto lens. So right. it sounds like they are or will be very soon. Mashable's got some pictures, not only of the the lens attachment, uh, but also of the um, of some pictures taken with it. Some you know A B shots, telephoto, not telephoto, polarized, not polarized, that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, pretty cool. It's uh, it's worth checking out. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I'm not sure when it's coming out, but you know that's uh, let's see. Later this month, they say for ninety nine bucks. There you go. Uh, John, Chris Humphreys is asking, can you explain what telephoto means? Well, I guess it really be a, uh, it basically gives it, uh, from what they told me, this is a 2X optical zoom. A fixed, a fixed zoom is probably the right zoom. Yep. The right definition. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So this gives yeah, because right now the thing is, uh, you know, with the current, sensor and and the the way the iphone works the only zoom you have right now is digital which in my opinion or at least on the iphone stinks because you're basically just making the pixels larger you're not getting more information whereas this is actually optically getting you uh twice as close so fixed something fixed optical zoom is probably a even better way of saying it because we're so used to all the crummy digital zoom that we get with our iphones Right. So um, and, and that's good because, you know, a lot of times the, the only thing that occurs to me sometimes is that the one thing you miss with the iPhone is that the field of view that you get is the field of view that you get. <laughs> right, 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 right. And and sometimes that just makes it where a picture, you know, just won't work out because, yeah, it's just not the way you you envisioned it. Whereas this and this is a good level of optical zoom. I actually bought from a, from another party a, a 8x optical zoom for uh, uh, for the iPhone. Yep. Uh the thing is that, and also the, the camera I talked about earlier that gives you the 21X zoom, the thing is when you get to a certain point, um, unless you've got a real steady hand, and even if you do, you're only human, uh, if you're too close or have too much zoom, uh, you, you're going to get jitter and, and the picture's going to be blurry. Right. So I think too, because definitely the 8X thing, I mean, it actually came with a little tiny tripod because they know you're not going to be able to hold... Uh, get an 8x zoom sure. on, on the iPhone without without uh, shaking around there. But 2x is enough where as long as you have a pretty steady hand, you'll, you'll get a decent looking picture yep. and it will 
you know, uh, zoom into the uh, better level of detail. Uh, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, all right. So we have a couple of quick ones to mention before we uh, before we head out here, because we are at the hour and 10 minute mark here, John. But uh, Andrew has a quick one. He says recent in a recent show. And of course, this was now a month or two ago. says, I heard you mention every time dot com. But for my iPhone, this utility called time scroller is super handy. And uh, and sure enough, it it is. It shows you all your times and all that cool stuff. So. There you go. Um, and I think uh, I had it up. How much is time scroller? Time scroller is one ninety nine. So there you go. And uh, and then uh, that one reminds me of another one called darkness um, for uh, it's from Bajango. And you know what? What's interesting is they don't have it on their website anymore. But I know a new version's coming because Mark Edwards told me about it. Uh and what darkness does is it lets you set a bunch of different time zones and, uh, and, and it it really is good for scheduling people in multiple time zones. It shows you kind of at a glance where, when it's daytime for everybody, when it's nighttime for people. So it's, um, it's a, it's an interesting little thing. So, uh, I will put that out there and the new version they say is coming as we talked about that in our interview at uh, at WWDC. So that was a uh, time scroller. Uh, and then uh, lastly, John, I will, we, we will mention uh, what Robin sent in. Robin says, I had to share this tiny little app. If you are anything like me, you tend to rush from one thing to another. And sometimes I want to quit an app and hit command Q and the app is gone. But, I did not have the focus right. I have closed the wrong app, sometimes losing work and meaning I have to relaunch the app. Command Q is a very simple one trick pony. Once you have installed it, you just hold Command Q for a time you predefine, giving you time to reconsider a hasty action. So instead of Command Q being instantly quit, it's quit after a second or two or however many you want to set. So uh, that's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, and it's from clickontyler.com, and we will put that in the show notes. And I say we will put that in the show notes, but really you have been putting it in the show notes, or at least um, several of you in the chat room today have been super, super helpful in terms of uh, helping us get all this uh, stuff into the show notes, uh, at least into the first draft of the show notes very quickly. So thank you very much for all of you that are helping us out with that. And then, of course, John, you will... You will run a pass through and put in some timestamps and flush things out and do your do your own little. Uh, your, you will work your magic on it. But there's the band. Did we have anything else, John? Was there anything I skipped that uh, we didn't want to skip? Well, speaking of flushing things out, I could tell you about what I found in my dishwasher the other day. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go with that. The dishwasher <laughs> seems safer than, uh, than than where I had imagined. So, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us today, folks. We, uh, like I said, it was a great uh, re-entry into the uh, the the world of the connected here after my after my vacation away. So, good stuff. Did you have a good fourth, John? I uh, had a good fourth, had a good third. Uh, so yesterday, uh, you may have seen a couple of snapshots, but went to uh, uh, in-laws' place for uh, ribs and all of that. Oh, so cool. delayed, 
celebration. On the 4th, went to, uh, uh, since I'm near the beach, went with the, uh, uh, I don't know where all these people come from. They must live here or something. But no, the dude, the beach was packed. Oh, I bet. It's totally packed. People as far as I could see here. And yeah, it was really good fireworks. And then actually the night before, I snuck onto one of the lesser used beaches to see some of the uh, fireworks in some of the uh, surrounding towns that they did on the 3rd. So, very cool. Nice. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, for, um, it's great. When we're up in Maine, my, my uncle has a 38-foot sailboat. And uh, we don't put the sails up at night, but uh, but we take that out into Booth Bay Harbor and watch the fireworks from there. And it's uh, it's a pretty fantastic way of doing it. Very. It's pretty much perfect. So that's what we did on the fourth. On the third, we actually drove up further in Maine. We drove all the way up to Bangor and, and saw fish play. So it was a, uh, it was a good week. It's fun. Oh, my car. My car fixed itself. Excellent. You know that light I was telling you about? It's yeah. not, uh, and no, the the bulb is not burned out. Some people suggested that. Oh well, the reason you don't see the uh, service engine light is because the bulb burned out. Sure. No, it doesn't. It, it does come on when I turn the car on. Uh-oh. So it still could be malfunctioning, but I think, yeah, the problem actually fixed itself. Huh? Or the sensor is blown. Or whatever was screwed up before, which I think was due to uh, use of uh, uh, incorrect transmission fluid, has now uh, fixed itself. Because uh, that's what they told me when I had the thing serviced, because I hadn't had it, the, the transmission you know, flushed for like 30,000 miles at least. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, it should be time. And they're like, yeah, you know what? The, whoever worked on this before didn't put the right stuff in there. I'm like, really? Uh, interesting. All right. Uh, so if you want to send in some cool stuff found for the next Cool Stuff Found show, and we occasionally pepper those into uh, other shows as well, send it in to us at feedback at com. I actually, Dave, prefer to send that sort of stuff to feedback at com. Yeah, that's feedback at com. You can send it in there. You can also call us at 206-666-GEEK and leave us a voicemail there. And John Geek is? 4335. That it is. You can send us comments via the Mac Geek Ab app as well. We certainly appreciate that. Uh, and hopefully you do, too. The app is here for uh, for you to uh, to you can well you can join us in the chat room when the show is live, but you can also stream or download every episode. Uh, you can set bookmarks from within the app, so not only do you have access to the chapters that Michael Johnston puts in. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Michael is the host of Get App. Uh, sorry, of uh, the We Have Communicators podcast and the publisher of GetAppler.com. So not only do you see his uh, chapters that he puts in there, but he uh, also um, but you can also leave your own bookmarks in the app and uh, come back later. So uh, very cool stuff in there. It's good stuff. Um, so that's the app. You can Skype us to Mac Geek Cab. John, tell them about the Twitters. <laughs> I am John F. Braun. He is Dave Hamilton. The other guy is Pilot Pete, who we may see one day. I hope so. Um podcast is mac geek Ab, and the publication is mac observer all at twitter.com but we're not all just on the twitters we're on the facebooks as well facebook.com slash mac geek will get you there that's right and you can find us on google plus as well and many of you have that's a growing uh, contingent of uh listeners interacting out there so are you playing with google plus john nope <sighs> you're missing out man I don't play out. with that. I don't play with app.net. I'm just... We're on app.net. So 
We're on we app.net. Uh, yeah, of course, app.net slash Well, Mac I staked Geek my Cal. claim. Yes. I mean, I'm on there as John F. Braun. I think the thing is, I haven't. I need to find a combo, and I don't think it exists yet. Uh, a combo Twitter AppNet client for the Mac, and I haven't found one that makes me happy. Yeah, I'm trying to think. They 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 exist for. Um. Yeah, yeah. I haven't found one either, to be honest with you. I think I've I've played with with one or two that that do it, but they don't do it well enough that it's that it's worth my while. So, um, so I don't do it. All right. Um, and again, you can visit us uh, when we're streaming at macgeekab.com slash stream. You will find out when that happens, uh, either on Facebook or, or, or Twitter. Or if you have the app, we'll send out a push notification or uh, Google+. Plus. We put an event out there, too. So follow us somewhere and you will find us. That's how it works. Again, uh, thank you to Michael Johnston because uh, he does do the work that he does. We'd also like to thank Cashfly, C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com. Uh, for providing all the bandwidth that gets the show from us to you. The podcast marketplace includes BB Edit from Barebone Software, Text Expander, as we mentioned, uh, from Smile, Gazelle.com, and, of course, BusyCal from BusyMac. Check it all out. We appreciate it. After, you have fun checking out everything that we already mentioned in the show. Lots of homework for you folks. We'll see you next week. John, what lasting advice might you have for uh, for me? I, I'm just looking for something for me. I, it, you know, t- today I'm being selfish. So, so what do you got for me? For you, Dave, I would suggest that you do not get caught. Thanks. I'll take that to heart. <laughs> <laughs>